What's up, everybody? It's Wednesday, January 19th. I left Kyle in Maryland. I'm back in the studio in Syracuse, and Kyle's stranded somewhere. He's not stranded, but we have a lot to talk about this morning. So let's get into it. Get that Wednesday bounce. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They stop and stay with me. Oh, yeah. I think this is the first time we were just talking about this. is the first time we've done the live stream while uh, we're both not in studio. So, uh, Kyle, Kyle super and I. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You look like you're having super fun. I'm so, having a lot of fun. There's yeah. No- I Unfortunately, this morning I was headed to run and, well, it's freezing cold outside and snow everywhere. So, I wasn't going to do that. But I went to the gym and the gym key was not working. Not just that. But nobody in the place could actually get in the gym. Like, all, every, they were like, we got to call maintenance because it's a locked on electrical. I was like, is this I, this is some weird thing? But had a good breakfast. It was good uh, instead of headed to the gym. So I don't know how that works out in the whole, like, you know, eat versus yeah, <laughs> exercise but, thing. But it's, it works. There's nothing like nothing like that that great hotel air to make you feel fresh and vibrant in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Aside from Kyle, I flew home yesterday, uh, last late last night. So I slept in my own bed and I feel great. Um, Speaking of, I don't know, uh, speaking of flying. Uh, I took my first Southwest, that might be the earliest segue ever in the show, but I took my first Southwest flight yesterday. Uh, Southwest, uh, I have so many people that are fans of Southwest and they rave about it and I've studied the company and I understand, but I've never flown Southwest. They just uh, started service in Syracuse. So I had a direct flight Southwest from Syracuse to Baltimore and um, I was actually kind of (laughs) nervous, which is really weird. I'm not a nervous kind of person when it comes to travel. I loved it when you were booking. You were like, "So I don't pick a seat. Yeah. What do What do I do here?" Like, call the Kyle Mounts here hotline. I was like, "Yo, well, I'm really confused right now." I was like, "What do you mean I can't pick my seat? Like, I can't yeah. know what seat I'm gonna it like cause all this like anxiety because I like ask you can ask Danielle. Like, I'm very particular about my travel. Like, I'm strategically booking seats, right? Trying to leave the right ones open next to me so maybe I get the empty one. Right. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you get in line. If you're not familiar, which probably most of you are. You you get grouped. Kyle, you explain it because I'm just experiencing it. Well, yeah, you get grouped based on the time that you check in. So, you know, if you it, like flying from Nashville, it's it's basically for me, if I don't go early bird, then and and there's this there's this joke in Southwest that C is for center. Right. So C is for center. <laughs> you get a C uh, boarding t- uh, uh, line, then you're probably going to get a center seat. Right. And so you do the early bird, which gets you in the A group. So they board in 30, sec- 30 um, uh, person sections, A, 1 through 30, 31 through 60, and it goes all the way through C, C60. And so for you, like flying from Syracuse, you're like, oh, we got 60, 100 people. Everybody's going to get a nice fancy seat. But I didn't feel like that. <laughs> I was like checking time. It's like three, two, one. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like I'm going to die if I don't get, get like A11. So You're good. like, yeah. So either way. <laughs> so like, you can't even get that low. I made it. I made, a, here. <laughs> I made a phrase. I made a post on LinkedIn about it. And everyone, including a Southwest pilot, chimed in in the thread, giving me tips and tricks on how to navigate Southwest. But really overwhelming. They were like, the experience is actually really good because people have personality and it's very human. I will say best coffee I've ever had on an airplane, hands down. Wow. And um, and definitely some really fun flight attendants 
uh, the way they give the announcements and talk about the safety. You know, the one that I remember is she's like, well, and if in the event that the masks fall down, secure your mask first before you secure it over your child or someone else acting like one. <laughs> she said, <laughs> I, there's a, that one's going around. It's I've a zinger. Yeah, one. it was a good one. Yeah, and but, one. but it just reminded me of how customer experience is so much broader, right? They're always positive and negatives to doing something. And, and Southwest initially started that boarding uh, mentality because they're like, if we go this way, everyone kind of self-selects their place in line. Like they all line up the right way. Boarding is very fast. No one's waiting. We can board the plane faster. We can turn the planes faster. We can offer cheaper flights. Right. That's part of the part of the efficiency of it. And so, yeah, it was my first flight on Southwest. I enjoyed it. I'll do it again. I will say they're the only two flights I've had that have been delayed in the last six months. Oh, no. You got delayed last night, too. I did. I did. <sighs> they were waiting. They were waiting for one flight attendant. They're like, well, they're about to land. And then you know, she had a haul from like A to C terminal. So oh, <laughs> watching man. her rolling hot, you know, in the, in the <laughs> she's <plane>. like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she got the. No, that's good. I'm so glad you got to experience it because I, I do love it. It's even just like walking on the plane yesterday, it was different the way that the person, you know, is checking your ticket in. Yeah. The way that she even engaged with every single guest was different than like, you know, your typical flight where it's like, thank you. Thank you. No, you're totally right. You know, I totally right. I noticed that from the beginning to the end on everybody and their mentality, just a little bit lighter, a little bit more personal. I was, I was feeling the love. I was feeling yeah. the love. Um, love. We've got a few things to talk about. A couple big news stories from yesterday. Um, I don't know that this is a huge news story, but um, little EV news. Uh, Ford booked an $8.2 billion Q4 gain from Rivian invest from a Rivian investment reading from Automotive News uh, this morning. And basically, uh, they're roughly a 12% stake in Rivian. Get, got them $8.2 billion in booked gains in Q4. And I feel like Ford's like, I was like, man, they're kind of on like the side hustle mentality you have a lot of people right now right they have their right. main their main career or business or trajectory and then they're like paying attention to this new innovation on the side and they're like hey we're making some money off of that and getting some technology and um it's interesting because yeah. they're investing obviously investing that back into their own ev ambitions and right. uh doing it well well yeah and ford and rivian basically they have decided to part ways from like a build partnership right yep. and so um to to, to still be hanging on to that kind of side hustle and and making an investment in, in something that well it hit initially obviously and there's there's been some downturn in the in the uh, stock price but um, you know Ford capitalizing on that and it's it's kind of nice to see OEMs kind of capitalizing on on the EV market not just in building their own but also you know just the stock prices of other EVs so it's it's it, what what it signals to me is that the community at the OEM level is actually a lot broader. And that it's not as much of a fight as maybe we 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 perceive it in the retail yeah. side of the business, right? Yep. That they're all kind of there's a lot more collaboration at the top there. Um, so, and yeah. then, well, think about it right now. The collaboration. You think an environment where it's such kind of a, a quote unquote arms race for EV, and a lot of people are in the roughly same confused spot, right? Right. And so it's yeah. actually a little safer if you're collaborating with the other OEMs. Because you're like, uh, maybe I can win, but maybe you're going to win. But if we work together, at least we're kind of going to kind of remain in the spot where we are, where we're like yes. a little bit closer, but we all feel a little bit safer. So um, that's probably bringing the collaboration together uh, quite a bit more, which is super cool. Um, you know, speaking of collaboration. Segway. Time. Okay, it takes a lot oh, of people. That what? First of all, that was just a great segue. <laughs> He goes, let me grab a word. Whoop. There we go. 
that's how we roll. I two, two, we're up two. I wish we need a we need a segue counter on the screen. Um, it takes a lot of people working together to make a dealership work. If you're yeah. in a dealership, you totally understand how the one person that is not collaborating can ruin a whole bunch of the operations in the dealership. And and Kyle and I got an opportunity yesterday to spend uh, a full day in a dealership where, you know, we, we spoke with people from every, every corner of the store, right? So sales yeah. and service and fixed ops and accounting and finance, right? Executives, we tech it, right? We really try to put our arms around the entire dealership. Yeah. And, um, there is one person in this dealership, Kyle, that made us just stop, lights out, turn we, our heads, and we then like, tell everybody the else, and then everyone tell, look over here. <laughs> tell everybody else, like you need to start paying more attention to this person. Yeah, and it was an oil change tech. Yeah, a lube tech recently hired from Valvoline, and just a ball of energy, a smile, and not just that, but what really struck me was this energy around how good it was to be learning, to have access to new uh, to new ideas, to have leadership in a different way than they had had at their previous employer, which was still in automotive, but um, at a uh, you know an independent shop, right? So to, to, to hear and see all that energy and know that that's that that's driving potential. This is crazy. This person has actually in a month of being there, referred two people to come on board from a previous employer. So think about the energy that that's going to provide to the store. And so, so often that person kind of goes unnoticed in the store. Well, let, right? let me paint the picture a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think we can say her name. Hopefully she's listening, listening. Ayana, if you're listening right now, cause we're like, Hey, we have a podcast. We're going to talk about you tomorrow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Ayana is a, a wonderful 20 year old young lady who um, is passionate about being a lube tech and learning the ins and outs, um, has done an amazing job, obviously in her previous employer. She met the dealer, didn't want to be in the cold anymore, and saw a little bit of a future in moving over to the dealership world, which is yeah. what I love so much about this. And on top of it, I mean, like, look, she comes in and she's just got this cool swagger. She came, she was in on her day off. Let's just start right. there. She came in on her day off. She has like red dreads and like a Biggie Smalls hoodie, right? <laughs> she walked in. There was so just good. there was just a vibe that came in with her, and she came in on her day off to help somebody out with something. And we were like, and then literally we're talking to the salesman, the GSM, saying like, you know, one of the most important things is getting customers scheduled for their first service appointment, and then getting them to come in for that first oil change. And yes. we were like, you need to walk them back and introduce them to Ayana. Every and, time. And that will make a personal connection. And she's just magnetic. And then you, you talk about someone feeling like a little a little bit connected with somebody. Like, I want to take my car back to her. Because she was like excited right. to have it. Because that's what she does. Exactly. That is her profession. Yeah. And, and here's what's cool about that. Is immediately this GSM was like, oh, man, we've heard. Like, if he'd been in the industry for a very long time, and it's like, oh, yeah, everyone says walk everyone to service. You take them over to the advisor. The advisor's like, yeah, congrats for buying a car. Here's my card. See you next time, right? Let's pretend no. Let's pretend they're usually that excited. Let's pretend we're that excited. Because I got and 17 this, ROs that need something. Yes. So this was an opportunity to go like, no, this person is actually excited, and they're a magnet for future customers to come back. 
And I think finding those people, this is what's interesting. And I think, you know, we've been in a few dealerships where it's like, get the core people, get the key people that might have an impact. And don't, and we always say this, we say, don't think of just the managers, right? And, but the the problem is, is a lot of times that's the only thing we get our heads around. It's like, yep, we're going to pull out these six key managers and get them all bought in and then go forward. But there are so many more people in the dealership that in the ground game, the day to day, actually have just as much, if not more impact on your culture more that if they're bought in to the core and the culture and the vision, it actually goes quicker because it's a day to day, every single, like every single interaction instead of just manager to employee interaction. It reminds me, it reminds me of several experiences I've had in other organizations or businesses have popped up and the most memorable ones are not the ones where like the maitre d' at the restaurant or the the manager comes out at the the retail location. Every single one is about a, a, a lower level employee, team member, doing something that really surprised me. Think about um, the waiter we talked about last week, yes. right? How the waiter made the impression, not the manager. I remember going to Disney Springs with my family and it's like, a, Disney Springs is like uh, outside Disney World. You can walk and they have retail shops. It's like retail, retail, nirvana it's amazing and yes. you're walking around it and there's a dude handing out balloons right and he handed a balloon to my kids and he did this like donald duck voice which was amazing and then my kids <laughs> were just like talking to him and then he did this whole beatbox thing which was amazing right he's the guy handing out balloons but right. he's the one that made an impact for disney oh there's one more that was in my mind um oh it'll come back to me but well i mean back to yesterday like the person checking in my my ticket on southwest like that was the thing that i mean it set my whole day off in reality it was the first person that i actually engaged with that day because it was an early flight and that changed the trajectory of my day because i was like oh wow that's what it's looked like to that's what it's going to look like to interact with everyone i interact with now today because of her in, in intensity and appreciation for like me coming on board with them. Oh, um, I remember so. the Peninsula Hotel in Chicago at Access Velocity a couple of years ago. There's a gentleman filling water glasses at the restaurant, and I he saw that I was looking for something, and I was looking for coffee, and he came up and he asked me, he's like, "Sir, can I help you?" And he was probably he's probably in his mid forties. Sir, can I help you? Yeah, I'm looking for coffee. He's like, I don't see any, but let me go. Let me go get, he went in the back, he made fresh coffee, he brought it out to me with a to-go cup, with this, and then thanked me, and he was just so passionate about making sure I had a good day, and I was like, how long have you worked here? He's like, 16 years. (laughs) No way. It was his profession, and that's what I remember from the amazing Peninsula Hotel, just an amazing thing, and so that's that's what we're trying to do with Automotive State of the Union, with this show. Uh, We're trying to draw a huge circle around everyone in the dealership. We're not just trying to reach the executives and the GMs and the people that everyone usually tries because we know in order to truly change this industry, we need to include everybody. Everybody. Um, Kyle, you're hitting the ground today. Um, I'm hitting a plane again. I'm on my way down south a little bit. Going to take a day or so with with my wife walk around of a speaking engagement. So my mother-in-law's so with good. the kids. My wife's coming with me. Uh, but you're still on the grind and on the hunt today. We'll still be available. We'll be right here trying to draw a big circle around this industry. Listen, think of one amazing thing you can do or encourage one of your people to do an amazing thing. Let's make this industry better and move forward today. Do what you can do. Let's go. Let's go.